There have been great debates throughout the centuries about who was responsible for the death of our Lord. Some said the Jews, some said the Romans, some said both. But the Second Vatican Council, clearly basing herself on the tradition understood from St. Paul's letters and the earliest teachings of the church, taught that even though the Jewish, Jewish leaders and Roman authorities clearly played a part, all of us killed Jesus by our sins. Jesus died for my sins and yours. Thus, if we're really going to understand what the terrible consequences of our sins have had, and if we're ever going to be able to experience the extraordinary joy of Easter that saved us from those sins, we need to enter into these events and recognize that we betrayed the Lord, that we killed him. During this holiest of weeks, therefore, the church calls us to keep our eyes firmly fixed on the characters that we encounter, because over the course of our lives, we have all acted just as they have, and our actions have had the same dreadful consequences as theirs. When we read the story of the Passion, God, through the church, doesn't merely point out the people in the crowd. Judas, Peter, Pilate, Herod, and others like Mary Magdalene, the Blessed Mother, Simon of Cyrene, the Roman centurion, and St. John. The church says that each one of these are like a mirror in which we see ourselves. We are Mary Magdalene, a reconciled sinner who remained faithful to the Lord at the end, or at least we're supposed to be. We are called to be Simon of Cyrene, helping the Lord, albeit perhaps reluctantly at first, to carry the cross. We are summoned to be St. John, receiving Mary as our inheritance. We are the thief beside the cross who acknowledges Christ as Savior. We are beckoned to follow the example of the centurion, proclaiming Jesus to be the Son of God. During these days, we're called to contemplate their faces and see in them a reflection of our own. And so the church is not just offering us a window through which we can look at these tragic events and the suffering of our divine Lord. The inspired account of these uh, tragic events is held up to us as a kind of mirror, a mirror in which we can see something, something of ourselves. Because we all like to think, well, I would never scream, crucify him. But is that what we say by our words and actions sometimes? Or at least ignore him? We all say, well, I would never spit on Jesus. But do our words and actions and our thoughts sometimes show the contrary? And say, I reject him. Well, say, I would never publicly deny him like Peter would. But do our actions betray us? And we sometimes act as if Jesus does not exist. We would never taunt him on the cross. But do we always obey his will? Do we realize how sin makes us enemies of Jesus? And how our attachment to sin and the things of this world puts us squarely among Jesus' tormentors on Calvary. 
Luisa Picaretta has a unique insight into this scene where the crowd clamors before Pilate, crucify him. The church very rightly has each one of us join in saying this as we read that gospel. As hard as it is to say, we too cry out, crucify him. And so indeed, Louisa says in the 17th hour of the Passion at 9 a.m., the angels, the saints, hell, everyone with one voice cries out, crucify him, crucify him. There is not one soul who wants you alive. And oh, to my deepest embarrassment, sorrow, and disdain, by an irresistible power, I too feel compelled to cry out, crucify him. We too cry out for his death. Because without his crucifixion, there is no forgiveness of sins. Without his death, we are still condemned to death. Without Good Friday, there is no Easter Sunday. Now imagine the Blessed Virgin Mary is standing there in the crowd along with some of the disciples. And you hear her also cry out, crucify him. Wait, Mary's free from sin. Why does she want Jesus to die? It's breaking her heart. But she cries out because it is God's will and therefore should be our will as well. Of all these figures we might look at in the passion and should see reflections of ourselves, there's one other person God the Father points us to. He beholds his son on the cross and says to us, you are called to be other Christ." We are called to unite our will to his, to reflect his light and share his love to the ends of the earth. On occasion, our discipleship will bring us praise, as the others might say about us, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. But often, if we're true to Christ, the same crowds will turn on us and will hear that bone-chilling cry, crucify him. Crucify her. The Lord Jesus told us that to truly be his disciples, we must pick up our cross each day and follow him. We're called to follow in his footsteps until our footsteps become bloody. We are to be hammered to the cross so that we no longer run away from it. The cross is given to us as it was given to Christ so that we might embrace it that we might die upon it because we need to die to ourselves, die to our egos and selfishness, die to our earthly desires, and most especially die to sin. And as with Christ, this suffering and self-death are not a defeat. They're not just humiliating, but glorifying because it is in dying with Christ that we rise. God wants us to be able to say and experience what St. Paul did as he wrote to the Galatians, I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. We are called to be that crucified man who will raise us to glory. 
And there is no better place to start our ascent of Golgotha to Calvary and the cross than in this Mass. This Mass we celebrate is itself Palm Sunday and Calvary together in one. In just a few moments, we'll be singing, Holy, holy, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And then we again mount Calvary, where we'll be not just witnesses, but participants in Good Friday, in the very same death of our Lord once for all that saved us. It is here that we will receive God's strength to be faithful to him as we receive God himself. It is here we choose him over Barabbas in the various disguises. It's here we value him more than honor, money, or any other thing. It's here we love him to the very end as he loved us. It is here we receive that pledge of his strength. And we make our pledge to be faithful to him until the end of time. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. To Jesus Christ be all glory, laud, and honor, now and forever. Amen.